Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm Ian McKinnon, joined as usual by David Somerville. Hello. And Jake McGee. Good evening, sir. Uh, good evening, guys. And we're going to be obviously bringing you the latest news from around the NFL. And, uh, of course, we're going to start with the latest news of the International Series. Some games have been announced. Uh, Jake, have you got any information on the International Series games coming up? Oh, just a bit of excitement for, for myself. Obviously, there's the whole International Series. So there's the three that have been announced for London with the obviously the Jags being there, the Packers and my team, the Saints. Um, then Mexico, the host team is going to be the Cardinals and then Germany, the host team being the Bucks. Still yet to know who the opponents will be, but at least we know the home teams for the time being. And uh, do we know when the opponents are going to be announced? I don't think I've seen a date. I've seen rumours of certain teams, but I've not seen actual dates. I think they've had a date for when the fixtures are out. Yeah, so that would that would be the May twelfth. Uh, I think that the fixture list is actually uh, launched, so I reckon that we'll know more uh, sort of come around that time. And I am really excited. I I really want to go this year. So obviously, as I said in probably episode one, um, I've never been. I really want to go. I'm going. Try and stop me. Which, which game are you thinking of? Uh, I think I'm going to Dave. Ideally, obviously, if there's a Rams game. However, you know, there has been rumors on the Twitter bot field uh, that it could be Mexico City for the Rams. Um, now, I, I don't think I'll be able to make that one. However, uh, I would be much more happier uh, if it was a non-Rams game going to the Saints one. I think the Saints would be a great watch. I think their fans are a bit crazy. You know, they're, they're a bit kind of... Um, just that, that dodgy kind of people but um you know I, I reckon watching the saints would be a great game i think the saints would be a great game jake, jake are you looking forward to that then are you going to just do, do your damnedest to get down to the the game for the saints yeah. yeah yeah well i've seen the the saints in london before i think it was 20 to zip against the dolphins i imagine it was probably the worst game in a, you know a while for, for most people as a neutral but for me it was great um but yeah i've been down four or five times i'll do my best to get down to, to see the saints especially but i heard a rumor from nick underhill who's the, the man to follow for the saints that he has had it floated around that it could be the bengals which would obviously be a fantastic matchup but i think would be a big mistake from the nfl because you've got burrow and chase returning to louisiana i mean it kind of sells itself as like a sunday night or a monday night game so I selfishly would be very happy with that in London, but I feel like marketing-wise, that would be a big blunder. Do you think the um, the the Saints would be unhappy with that game being at, uh, in London? No, because I think Burrow and Chase obviously have a lot of admirers in Louisiana. There would be kind of mixed. I think that would take away an advantage, kind of. They, you know, the friendly Louisiana, yay! You know, mm-hmm. homecoming. Um, I think it would be probably more hostile for the Bengals in London than it would be in, in the Dome, which would is, you know, ironic, really. You might be right there. Although I know, I know where you're coming from, saying the, the NFL might not be making the best decision from a marketing point of view, but I do believe that the, the games in London uh, actually pull in some pretty hefty crowds in the States uh, purely because they, they're able to get up at uh, whatever time it is, 7 in the morning, and start watching the games immediately. Um, so I, I don't know what I don't know what the time difference would be between Cincinnati and and London. Cincinnati six hours behind. Are these six hours behind? So yeah. it d- depends yeah, what time I, the I London kickoff yeah. is. 
Um, mm-hmm. Last season, we had games kicking off around 2 p.m. GMT. Would that be right? Yeah, some some games are 2 p.m. And then the, there was one game I was at that was 6 p.m. So that was a late one getting back. Um, but yeah, it tends to be 2 p.m. or 6 p.m. So if it's 2 p.m., all day football for the Americans. But I don't think the folk in Louisiana would be too happy about losing that game. And you might be right there. They, they are certainly big fans of, of Joe Barrow uh, down there. He's a, a bit of a local legend. So uh, obviously we don't know who the Saints quarterback is going to be for that game. We're, there's quite a few names being thrown about for free agency and uh, the draft, and no one's quite sure what's happening. Obviously, Jameis Winston could still be the guy in uh, New Orleans. So, um, Jake, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Uh, free agency is kicking off on the 15th, 15th of March. As a Saints fan, do you want to go with a, a draft? Would you rather have a free agent come in, or are you happy with Jameis? I think overall, I'd be happy keeping with Jameis. I think he's gonna come back with a point to prove. Already seeing like pictures and videos of him rehabbing. I mean, we've discussed already, and I'm sure going forward we'll discuss it more. That the draft class is uh, not exactly littered with quarterback talent, and more and more people coming out saying they don't expect the likes of Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson to actually be traded. So, all things considered, I'd be more than happy keeping Jameis. Um, I feel like he'll come back with, with a point to prove. Hmm. And uh, moving to you, Dave, with, with the Rams, quite a few free agents coming up in 2022. You've got the likes of Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., you've got Dallas Williams, Austin Corbett, Sony Michelle. Is there anyone in particular that you'd like the Rams to keep? Uh, or is there any that you think they'd be better shipping because they can still get a, still get a, good, a good haul of possibly, possibly picks or players for well, I do think that Sonny Michelle may not be there uh, sorry, next season. I think we may have to dip into the free agency for that. I don't think we have a lot of cap room at this point. Well, obviously with some of the higher, uh, some of the higher kind of free agents, but I think that uh, OBJ might still be there next year. I I do feel that a kind of three wide receiver attack of him, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup could be just amazing uh as, but we do need there are going to be players that are not going to be there that um i think andrew whitworth has probably done now i don't he doesn't have anything left to prove anyway the guy the guy's just a, an amazing person i do i am worried about our kind of back our defense so i i i think that um safety safety positions might, might have a bit of depth problems I, I i do think that our main players are okay and they will be supported but i think any injuries and um, we could have a season that will be very disappointing I, th- I think if we get injuries to key players we will struggle to make the playoffs and in such a competitive division that we have uh, i am truly worried i think the 49ers are the main danger team, obviously, coming off the back of last season. But looking directly at free agency, I hope we sign Von Miller again. I hope we sign OBJ. A few I have questions about, but I, I think we should be looking for some sort of cover for the offensive line and probably a running back as well. I think Sonny Michelle will want a little bit too much money. With his experience, he'll want a, an extra wage. 
Mm-hmm. I, I know you're talking about the, the San Francisco 49ers thing. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo's got some possible surgery. Uh, I think I saw that on, on NFL.com that Jimmy Garoppolo's going to be undergoing surgery. But there still are some trade rumors about him that the 49ers might look to actually ship Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, obviously, we, we, we love to talk about our own teams. Uh, we'll have to talk about the Saints, the Rams, the Broncos. But, you know, uh, the, the free agency, there's a lot of big free agents out there for other teams this year, and it'll be interesting to see where they go. Just looking at some of the big names coming up for free agency, Devontae Adams is, is the obvious one with the Green yeah. Bay Packers. I think if he went to any team, he would improve that receiving core. I, I don't think there's many teams that could say that they wouldn't benefit from having Devontae Adams in their team. You've also got Terran Armstead from the Saints, uh, Jake, the, the, the big tackle there. He's, he's going to be a free agent this year. You've got Chris Godwin, another wide receiver over at Tampa Bay. Vaughn Miller, as, as you've already mentioned, Dave, with the Rams, these are players who can really make a big difference. Chandler Jones, another edge player, he's a free agent from Arizona this year. So we could see quite a few players moving around. I think when you take a player like, like Devontae Adams, like Chandler Jones, Vaughn Miller, who can really help a team out, it's I'm trying to remember if there's been a, a free agency with so many big names in it, all at the same time, um, sort of moving around. Uh, last year was quite interesting with free agency, but I'm trying to think of an off-season where so many uh, legitimate superstars in the NFL have been up for free agency. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say, sorry, sorry, Jake, I would say probably about in the last decade there hasn't been, um, or, or not not to the scale anyway. I think you've got a lot more experienced players who are not coming off their kind of rookie their rookie contract you know so yeah like for example we mentioned von miller um we've mentioned obj Devontae adams as well obviously these guys these guys are superstars in the league but they all want paid and the salary cap i think they either what they need to open that up a little bit uh so it is high i mean the salary cap is extortionate my amounts of money anyway but i i do think that it might need to be revisited in order for some of the bigger players to really stick around uh, at at their at their kind of chosen teams. Um, I I feel like Von Miller, he's he's, he's one of the best of his time uh, on on the edge, and I think he deserves to be paid. Uh, but I don't know if the Rams, unless the Rams throw signing bonuses at him in a ridiculous manner, I think that's the only way that we actually get him. I have heard a couple of teams talk about uh, the Buffalo, sorry, a couple of people talking about the Buffalo Bills looking for an edge rusher. So they might look for someone like Von Miller mm-hmm. or Chandler Jones. But go- going back to the, the, the fact that this free agency is absolutely stacked, it also seems that for the first time in a few years, the draft, the college prospects coming out this year don't really have the same hype about them that... Uh, previous years have had certainly no you know standout quarterback guaranteed first overall pick this year i'm trying to think of a year when the last time that was the case um the only one i can think of is 2013 that was the draft with eric fisher going first to the chiefs uh in fact i think the court the first quarterback who was off the board that year was was it ej manuel I think someone, someone in the middle of, oh, of that draft, right. yeah. I can't remember, was he 16, 17, 18, something like that? He went to the Bills. 18, I think. And mm-hmm. it, I think this is the first draft sort of since then that 
that I can think of off the top of my head, where there doesn't seem to be that, you know, that one outstanding, there's your, there's your number one overall pick. And everybody already knows who it was. You know, last year it was Trevor Lawrence. Everyone knew it. The year before that it was Joe Burrow. Everyone knew it. It's You tend to have that this close to, to the draft. There doesn't seem to be that one outstanding player. Obviously, we've got the combine coming up. Uh, as I say, uh, starting today, I believe. Not sure when the actual drills start. And that'll help to sort things out a bit, I, I think. But... What what do you think, guys? I mean, with regards to the the strength of the draft, is there, is there any one player sort of standing out to you at all? Uh, there's rumors that you could see um, offensive linemen and uh, defensive backs going and going in the top five or six picks this year. What what do we think of that? I think, like you say, this this draft. I'm sure we'll get more into it over the coming weeks, and we'll be able to look into it more in depth. But at the moment, there's not really anyone kind of jumping off. There's no kind of oh, I hope my team kind of go for this guy um i think one of the quarterbacks matt corral from all miss isn't even throwing at the combine so it's i don't even know normally you can say there's probably be three or four quarterbacks taken in the top 10 I, I don't know if there'll be three or four quarterbacks taken in the first round yeah you, you might be absolutely right there i i've not caught too much um college football this year i've really not uh, paid too much attention to it and but usually by this point everyone's heard through the grapevine of who the number one player is going to be or who who the top two are vying for. You know, prior to 2012, everybody knew Andrew Luck and RG3 were going to be the first two guys. Prior to uh, 2020, everyone knew Joe Burrow and, you know, two hours, his name was being thrown about. Last year, everyone knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. The question was, who was the, the second or third guy going to be? Um, this year, I... I have nothing, just it, just nothing at all. So it seems strange that what looks, and I'm not, not seeing that there's not some great players in, in the draft this year. I mean, for all I know, each of the top 10 could all turn out to be Hall of Famers. You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, so we can, we can look back in 10 years' time at this, but looking at what doesn't appear on the surface to be a very strong draft, particularly at the quarterback position, it seems strange that the free agency pool seems so deep this year at so many positions. Uh, it seems like if you had enough capital to spend, you could fill any position from free agency with a, a top class, you know, an elite NFL player. Absolutely. I, I, I have seen a few different mock drafts from uh, various people around the league. Um, the majority of them have only two to three quarterbacks going in the first round, which in modern times anyway that's pretty unheard of um and the the team that's mostly tipped to take a quarterback would be the panthers at i think they're the sixth pick in the draft and you know that most of the kind of say so on what i've seen has been kenny pickett from pittsburgh but the other team that is being touted and we did touch on this earlier what uh, is the saints now i think the only way that the saints go for a quarterback in the first round is if they have seen something with Jameis Winston that they're worried about, that they don't think he could be a long-term top prospect. Uh, you know, obviously he's he's not the youngest player anymore, but at the same time, he's. I, I think there's still more to come from Jameis Winston, but uh, the experts are kind of calling it that they think the Saints are the second most likely team to take a quarterback in the first round. 
I would be surprised, mainly because with the hires, we've got Pete Carmichael going on, staying on and becoming the offensive coordinator. And he was mm-hmm. always kind of in the offensive side with um, Sean Payton. We've got um, Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen doing co-defensive coordinators, obviously with Dennis Allen being the head coach. I A lot of it kind of sinks to me that we're kind of trying to keep a continuation of what we are rather than rebuilding. We're trying to just kind of motor on. And with the quarterbacks we've already got in the building, I mean, Jameis hasn't really left the building. And from what I kind of see and read, I don't think he will be leaving the building. We've got him, got the the rookie Ian Book. We've got the uh, the young Steve Young. You know, I, I don't I don't see us I don't see us uh, taking a quarterback. And, and you you still got you've still got Trevor Simeon in the building. I love me some Trevor Simeon. <laughs> I know, I know he's, right. he's not the sexiest quarterback, but uh, I don't think many folk thought when he came in that he was going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he did. So there you go. Um, with regards to other news around the league, Pete Carroll has said, there's a rumor, he said there's no, they have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. Um, so he was obviously another name that was being thrown about as a, a top free agent. The Cardinals have granted Andy Isabella permission to seek a trade. The wide receiver seems a little disgruntled. Uh, there's also rumours about uh, Saquon Barkley seeking a trade. I'm not sure. That's just a rumour that I've heard. I'm not sure if there's anything behind Saquon actually uh, being traded or what they would want for him. Uh, but staying on the Giants very briefly, they released uh, the veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph, I believe simply to make room in the salary cap. Kyle Rudolph uh, has been an outstanding tight end for many years in the league and most not- notably in, in Minnesota, obviously. But do we think Rudolph still got anything left in the tank? Do we think there's a team that he could go to where he could uh, make a difference? Anyone missing a tight end? There, um, I did actually see something earlier today about that. That um, There was rumours that the Bengals had made contact with his representatives to see if there was any interest. But uh, again, just rumours. But the Bengals could be, you know, even if he was come on at number two, number two tight end, um, they, they've, got, they, they've got an offence that could probably use a second tight end really well. So I think the Bengals would be a very good option for him. The new GM for the Giants came from the Bills, and they have been known for for trades. And he's basically said everybody is open. You know, they are open for business if people want. Um, I mean, I think Ian Rapport said it's very unlikely that Barkley leaves, but I mean, if someone came in with an offer, I think the Giants would listen, kind of thing. I think you're probably right there. I I think anyone who again. Anyone who offers enough will get anyone that they want. Uh, obviously, we still don't know. There's going to be some announcement by Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers yet. The, the consensus is he's going to stay in Green Bay. Uh, but you're also looking at players like Russell Wilson. His name came out, but that's been squashed by Pete Carroll. We don't know what's happening with Deshaun Watson yet, whether or not he gets traded Bruce Arians has said that if Tom Brady comes out of retirement, he will trade him for five number one picks. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, God. Um, No, I I don't think so either. One thing I did, I I was thinking, though, see with the Saquon Barkley rumour. Now, can we think of a team that has a kind of run-first orientated offence that needs a, a, a running back? Because or, or or a player like Saquon Barkley that would fit right in as the kind of number one star running back. Because I'm not, 
I couldn't really come up with a team that I think, yeah, def, you know, that would jump out kind of thing. The, the, a, a, a yeah. First. The, the one team I think he could become a better player. Uh, not, not, not saying that he's not a good player, sorry. But he would get more production would be the Ravens. Or the I Rams. think possibly yes i i think that oh <laughs> if if saquon went to a team like baltimore where he's not being asked to carry the ball 40 times a game he would be better uh the, i think the problem that saquon has had I, of course there's been the injuries and that's just you know that's tragic is that if you're constantly giving him the ball teams are just going to constantly tee off him and it's 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 going to take its toll on his body. The same thing, exactly the same thing would happen to Christian McCaffrey. If you're the only weapon on the team, then unless you're Barry Sanders, <laughs> then, you know, it's it's almost impossible to do it by yourself. Take nothing away from Saquon Barkley. I think he's an incredible running back. But we've, we've said this before, running backs in general on most teams can, can just be plugged in. When Derrick Henry went down with the, the Titans last year, they hardly missed a beat. And that, you're talking about the number one running back in the league. And mm-hmm. they, you, you almost didn't notice he wasn't there. Again, taking nothing away from Derrick Henry. So I, I think if Saquon went to a team that was run-orientated, but had other options at the running game, Lamar Jackson, I think he could do really well at Baltimore. That's an interesting thought. I think they need they, they need a quarterback to be a bit kind of um should we say uh, lacking injuries. Uh I, I think well Lamar Lamar's just Lamar was magic, but I think they, they need they need some consistency, the Ravens to really kick on. Um I, I think Barkley would be fantastic for them. But yeah, I mean I, I did kind of consider that, but I, what would the Ravens really give up for Barkley because I mean they'd have to give up more than the Rams gave up for Stafford I think at this point to the Giants considering how much he means to them yeah, I don't think anyone any team should or could kind of meet the evaluation I'm sure the Giants have for him so I, I would be amazed if someone like Barkley at a, a diminished position like the running back left because I just can't see a team stumping up the picks because not last year but the year before I mean the 49ers were taking people off the street and they were getting 100 yards a game. Why would you give up, you know, say two firsts for a running back when you could get one from a practice squad? That's true. And even in the past couple of years, we've seen Pro Bowl running backs literally just get let go by mm-hmm. their team and picked up or, or traded for a sixth round. You, you look at it all the time and it's just, uh, you know, harken me banging on about the Broncos again. When, when they let Philip Lindsay go... Philip Lindsay was a Pro Bowl running back with who began his career with consecutive thousand yard seasons. And in his third year, he got injured. I believe it was he had turf toed and kept him out of a mm-hmm. few games. And Melvin Gordon was the was the second running back with the Broncos. So the following year, I thought, well, this is great. It's going to be a good one-two punch. They let Philip Lindsay go and then drafted Javonte Williams. Now I love Javonte Williams. I think he's absolutely sensational. But I would have much preferred the Broncos let Melvin Gordon go and kept Philip Lindsay because the one thing that Philip Lindsay has not done in his career is fumble. He's never fumbled in his entire career, college or the NFL. Not many folk can say that. Um, Melvin Gordon, unfortunately, 
fumbled quite a few times for the Broncos, particularly in some key moments that cost them a couple of games over the past couple of seasons. So Philip Lindsay got just let go and, and picked up by the by the Texans at the time. Yeah, it was Texans, yeah. Texans. Which is a car crash to be. Uh, yeah, he, he went to the worst position possible. And then he, I don't know if he was cut by the Texans or if he was traded. I think he was cut by the Texans and picked up by the Dolphins. Uh, and again, you're talking about a Pro Bowl running back who two out of three years had rushed for a thousand yards and has never fumbled. And just being thrown out like, you know, like yesterday's fish supper. Not that you <laughs> not not that you would ever throw out a fish supper. But if it was yeah, yesterday's if it was yesterday's yeah. fish supper, you would throw it out. You wouldn't hang on to a fish supper from the day okay, before. Two of the three of us here would throw it out, but that's beside the point. We, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just saying microwaves are really useful. Microwaves are indeed very useful. This is true, but it's not the same, is it? You reheat a, a fish supper from a chippy, and it's it's never the same. Even if you just you know what I'm talking about. You, I've you, lost the reference to football now. Right. I've completely lost right. it. We've gone on a slight tangent, but let's let's just clear <laughs> something up for one second. If you go to a chippy and you buy a fish supper, you've then got a drive home of maybe half an hour to 45 minutes. And then, you know, it, it, it needs a bit of reheating. So do you microwave it or do you oven it? Now, what you should do is oven it. But that takes too long because you've then got to let the oven heat up and you think, oh my goodness. So you just nuke it in the microwave and then you've got a problem because it doesn't taste as good as it did before you put it in the microwave. You're sacrificing. I think this is making the episode. No. <laughs> I think that this is a lesson in patience. Patience is fantastic. You know, have the patience, you will be rewarded. Or, like, or for example, just, OBG. Uh, yeah, or eat your chippy in the car. You know, you can do that. <laughs> Uh, unless you have to get a bus. I don't think a bus would let you eat a chippy. Especially no. if you had lots of vinegar on it. But anyway, moving on. Uh, that's uh, So, that's free agency. Um, do you guys have anything else that we need to discuss with regards to any free agents? Anything that we might have missed out? Uh, a few things with free agency, and then I don't know if we'll, we'll circle back to some news, but the free agency, I had a look at the top 101 that uh, Greg Rosenfall uh, puts out. He normally put it out with uh, the late, great Chris Westland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a good read. But like you were saying earlier, um, it's really top-heavy in some positions, like wide receiver, defensive line, safety, uh, and offensive line. But you mentioned Armstead. I mean, there's Orlando Brown at the Chiefs. There's quite a few offensive tackles as well this year, which isn't very common. I think a lot of things will be cleared up after the franchise tag deadline, which is on the 8th. I assume Orlando Brown will definitely be one of them for the Chiefs because they traded a first and some more for him, so I, I can't see them letting him in, leave the building. I'll, I'll be um, very surprised after the franchise tags have been done if there are any tackles left. Well, I think um, the, the Saints, rumoured, and very interesting, are uh, rumoured to be tagging Marcus Williams for back-to-back years. <laughs> um, Armstead, with, with our cap situation and his injury, I mean, we'd be daft because you just don't let... a tackle of that talent leave the building um i mean we'll probably just draft another offensive lineman because that's what we love to do but I, I, <laughs> mickey loomis will find a way to uh swerve the uh cap we've already halved what we were supposedly over thanks to a few bonuses and tricky moves so i'm sure he'll find a way but 
you just don't let a tackle like that leave the building. No, that's true. I, I am interested in one part, though. So the majority of people are having the number one pick as a tackle. Now, if you've got a, if you've got potential in the draft, obviously, obviously all the draft picks, they are not finished products by any stretch of the imagination. But if you have a fairly experienced, available tackle, why would you then waste first pick of the draft on a tackle? So it, it's uh, that that doesn't really make sense to me. You want, if you've got first or one of the first few picks in a draft, you want to draft someone that you believe is going to be a superstar. Now, if you've got someone that is already right up at the top of their game in their position, I'm not wasting it. I'm not wasting my first round pick on on a tackle. If you if you have these, uh, you know, if if you have these players that are available, don't waste them on a tackle. You want someone that is going to be that superstar for years to come. Is, is, I don't. Sorry, Dave. Apologies for no, interrupting right. you there. No. Is that because you think well, you've already got a tackle? Why would you draft one? Or do you think a tackle's not worth a first round draft pick? Uh, oh, I, I absolutely do. Especially from my my experience watching the Rams in particular last season. If Andrew Whitworth wasn't there for the majority of the season, Matt Stafford would be getting picked up in pieces a good few times. The ta- you know tackles, especially the blind spot tackle, I think is one of the most important positions. What I would say, though, is that if you have proven talent available to you to sign in free agency, you take you would take that, or, well, maybe it's a question I should pose to you guys, actually. Would you take proven talent in free agency over a potential superstar in the draft? Because there, I don't think there's any right answer because there's no kind of happy medium. But I'd be going for free agency. And there is a really good thing that I saw on Twitter from Daniel Jeremiah. He put an interesting nugget on Super Bowl champs, offensive linemen of the last five years. He put the start on offensive linemen on Super Bowl winning teams for the last five seasons. There has been three first round picks, four day two picks, seven day three picks, including one undrafted free agent and then 10 either veteran free agents or trades. So they kind of recipe for success there from the last teams that have uh, been Super Bowl champions seems to point more towards what you're saying in terms of take the guaranteed over the uh, raw prospect yeah uh, um, offensive tackle is such a valuable position yeah I mean you could argue on the offense you could argue it's the second most important position on the entire offense, particularly left tackle, if you've got a right-handed quarterback. Um, we, we've seen great quarterbacks. Offensive line breaks down and they just get pummeled and it doesn't matter. I mean, you only have to go back to the, the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. What Patrick Mahomes did in that game with no offensive line play was ridiculous. But even with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, they could only manage nine points because they had no offensive line. Having an offensive line is such a big thing. And you, I, I was reminded when you were talking about, you know, drafting a tackle, trading a tackle. If you've got a tackle, why would you get another tackle? I am reminded of the Texans again. Who traded... Yes. Which, which was the second part of the... Who well, who's the tackle that they had? They had a Pro Bowl tackle. Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown. Went to the went to the Seahawks. Seahawks. So they had a Pro Bowl tackle. 
Uh, in fact, he may have been an all-pro tackle. I'm trying to remember that. Pro Bowl he was tackle. definitely Pro Bowl, yeah. Definitely Pro Bowl tackle. He's one of the best in the league. And they traded him away and then traded for Laramie Tunsil. But what they gave up for Tunsil was like three times what they got in return for Brown. And you're just sitting going, what are you doing? I seriously, that, that might be a worse trade than the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I think that was the uh, beginning of the end. Like it was the sign of the times. Yeah, I mean that Texans that's got to be the most. I, I, even though I'm a Rams fan, I have no love for the cards whatsoever. But wow, that was the most hilariously bad. It you just felt sympathy for the entire. It's it's not even just Houston. It's just the state of Texas at this point. You just feel bad for these guys. They've got the Cowboys on one on one side of the state, and then Houston. There's the there's the Texans. They're supposed to come in, you know, challenge Dallas for like the kind of um, dominant team within Texas, and this is the stunts that they they come up with. Fantastic! It's uh, comedy value. It's the only reason they're still in the league, as far as I'm concerned. It's the comedy value. They are the new Bengals and Browns <laughs> of the last kind of fifteen years. I, I think it's just some some of the decisions made by Bill O'Brien were mind boggling. Just absolutely mind-boggling. Particularly with, with the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And I'm saying that, you know, the whole Laramie Tunsil and Dwayne Brown thing may actually work out as a worse trade for the Texans than the DeAndre Hopkins one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time as they traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for, correct me if I'm wrong, a second-round pick and a broken-down David Johnson. Is that right? I think there was a fifth in there as well, maybe. I think it was a second and a fifth and a, and a David Johnson. And in that same season, the Minnesota Vikings traded their receiver to the Buffalo Bills, whose name escapes me. Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. And the Bills gave up two first-round picks for Stefan Diggs. Now, I think Stefan Diggs is a fantastic wide receiver. Absolutely fantastic. You offer me him or DeAndre Hopkins... I know which one I'm taking, and it's not Stefan Dix. So how the Texans couldn't get a minimum of two first-round picks for DeAndre Hopkins when the Vikings got two for Stefan Dix, you've, you've got to think, wow, that's just awful. And I believe they also took on David Johnson's contract, which was yeah. astronomical at the time. Texans love doing that. They did that with uh, Osweiler, didn't they? Oh, yes, the Brock Osweiler saga. But I think 90%, maybe even 95% of trades, both sides can kind of put through their argument of like, no, we won the trade, we won the trade. I've never seen Twitter and NFL fans in general just be so unanimous in terms of like, what are you doing? Yes, I think every single person. Yeah, I think the only thing that could really top it is if they traded for Jared Goff. I think just all their first and second <laughs> rounds for the next two years. Trade for Jared Goff, you know, just as a little sweetener. Well, I say sweetener, maybe not the best use of words, but I think maybe get Deshaun Watson in a few couple first rounders for the next couple of years, bringing Goff on his ginormous contract that the Rams definitely did not think through. Um, but what, yeah, what was I, the contract I, for, for Goff? What what was it? I, I the see. The mental blockage uh, in my mind because of what I thought. I'm sure it was 
all all I know is that it was around it was a nine figure guaranteed something along those lines uh, over six years. I can't, I'm trying to remember. I I do I do know that the DeAndre Hopkins was a second round and a fourth round uh, deal as well for the draft picks, but. Jared Goff's contract. I'm just bringing up the information now. Well, okay, you you um, you compose yourself, Dave, while you find out what the the terms of Jared Goff's contract were. That, that was a, that was a trade. I mean, last year there was some there was some big trades. Um, obviously, the Jared Goff and the Matthew Stafford. Um, a couple of first rounders were thrown about in with that as well. Obviously, OBJ going to the Rams as well. Von Miller going to the Rams. I mean, they they did what. The, essentially what the Buccaneers had done the year before, where you're just throwing everything at it to say, we we want to win this year. We might win next year. We'll see what we can keep, but we want to win this year. It's what the Rams did. Fair play to them. Mm-hmm. You know, McVeigh just thinks that draft picks are, are bargaining chips and nothing else. That's fine, because look at the results. They won the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that they got wrong with it, you know, they did want to throw like the kind of short term money at it instead of the long term future of potential draft picks. But you know, they 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 got it horrifically wrong. I mean, his contract it was a one hundred thirty four million dollar uh four year extension basically with one hundred and ten million guaranteed. Oh, it, that just boggles my mind the only time that that was surpassed and i don't think it even has been since was put patrick mahomes um yeah so pa- patrick, pa- mahomes, patrick mahomes will need to play say. he'll need to play for another uh, another year before he actually surpasses that i think out of his, yes, his that, yes. contract. what was he 50 uh-huh. 50 a year 51 a year yeah and 50 roughly, yeah yeah it's i think averages is 50 million dollars a year yeah at, um but I, well yeah. Okay, so um, that's that's round of that up, gentlemen. I think uh, we can probably look now. Random stats. Who's going to kick us off with the random stats today? Go on, Mr. McGee. Let's do it. You do it. Okay, so I, I've teased this one beforehand to you guys, but I will phrase it in Dave's perfect way of a question. Um, since the NFL merger, only one quarterback has 50 or more starts without throwing a pick six. Can you name them? 50 or more starts without throwing a pick six. Oh. Pretty impressive. In, in the history, since the merger? Since the merger. Wow. Oh. What, what kind of time period are we talking then? Well, that's, uh, the, the merger was 1967? Yeah, but since, I, I, I mean, look, that that's 55 years. That, ooh, wow. Since Joe Namath, basically. <laughs> since Joe Namath. Uh, okay, so it's not Matt Schaub. I think we can all agree on that. Yes, it's definitely not. <laughs> not right. Um, okay. Did he not have three, hours, three games in a row with the pick six? Um, I, I have no idea. I've, Dave, have you got an idea? I'm trying to rack my brains. This is... Uh... Are, are, we allowed, are we allowed a clue? Are we allowed to... You know, is it someone currently playing? Is it someone from yeah. 20 years ago, 30 years ago? They are still in the league. Still in the league. Oh, so they're not a starter then. They've they've played fifty games, started fifty games, and never thrown a pick six. I'm just gonna take a stab games? because I've got absolutely no idea. Um, I'm going to say Dak Prescott. Oh, good guess. Uh, Jake, 
did you say he was? Is he a start? Was he a starter last season? I didn't clarify that. No, uh, you're, 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 tell, you're narrowing it down far too much. Of a way trying to get trying okay. to get too much there. He's fishing. Now, okay, so I have a suspicion. It's kind of between two. Now, I don't know. Uh, so, first one, I, I, first one, I want, I wanted to say um, Locke at first, but I don't think he's played that as no, many he's, games. He's not. He's not, he's not played fifty. No, yeah, no, because he he was like a kind of questionable start. But Teddy Bridgewater was a starter last year, so, so I don't think it's him. It's not. It, no, I mean, because he definitely threw one, a pick six last year. I'm sure. The, sure yeah, the only one that I can think of that has played 50 games that is still in the league and there is no way he has not thrown a pick six. I, I it cannot be Magic Mitch. Oh, bingo. No. Kind of. Mitch Trubisky? The, the NVP. Oh, Trubisky. I yeah. have given that man so much slack over the years. The for original. Being just, the original oh, NVP. The NVP himself, who uh, coincidentally is not expected back with Buffalo this year. <laughs> that's <laughs> not a coincidence. That's just expected. <laughs> Did you say he's not expected back? Not expected back. Uh, no. Well, uh, listen. What a I'll, shock. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. As a Broncos fan, if we signed Mitch Trubisky, I would be happy with that. Because I have been an advocate of Mitch Trubisky since he started as a rookie for the Bears. And I said, this guy can play. He's just in a really bad position. And he got torn apart by the media. Yes, he missed some some open players. Yes, he made mistakes. Of course he did. He was a rookie. And even as a second-year player, he made mistakes. Not everyone is Joe Burrow. Not everyone is Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. You're coming out of college and lighting it up across the league. I thought Mitch Trubisky was good. He obviously got, you know, thrown under the bus in Chicago. Um, they got rid of him, and then you saw what happened last year. And um, I think Mitch Trubisky's just sitting there going, yeah, do you know what? It wasn't me. I was pretty good. And it was everybody else's fault. So um, I, wonder if, uh, I wonder if he'll go visit his old friend Matt Nagy and Casey because Matt Nagy is a senior assistant and quarterback coach with the Chiefs now. So I wonder if he'll go back up Mahomes. I think Matt Nagy's very, very happy with that position. I think he's he's just he's just sitting there going, you want me to coach Patrick Mahomes? I okay. I mean, I could be the quarterback's <laughs> coach for the Chiefs. Let's not kid ourselves here. Or uh, Eric Bieniemy must be the most, the unluckiest guy or the worst interviewer or interviewee in the world. Yeah. The, Can't he, get a head coach and now he's got Matt yeah. Nagy on the I assume was probably his former boss as on his staff now, so that's an interesting one. There you are. Mitch Trubisky. Dave. Yeah, I thought I was a cracker. Dave, talk to us. Right, guys. So we I'm afraid I'm gonna have to go back to the Rams. We on this one, but it is a fantastic stat. So Cooper Cup, as we know, fantastic player. He is actually the third generation of cups that have played in the NFL. Now, uh my stat my fantastic stat is that is Father was a NFL quarterback. He was a fifth round pick for the Giants. Uh, I, I think he also played for um, the Cardinals and the Cowboys uh, in later years. And his brother was also uh, picked up by the Rams in free agency, but he, I don't think he's played in the league since. Now, the most interesting one of the Cup generation that isn't Coop is his grandfather, who was Jake Cup. Now, Jake Cup was an offensive lineman. Uh, well, you're going to like this even more. But he is actually 
a Hall of Famer offensive lineman. Now, can you name the team? You give it away by saying I would like it. Yeah, absolutely. No. So the, the team the team would be the New Orleans. So he is a New Orleans Saints Hall of Famer. Uh, he was inducted in 1991. But he, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic that fa- you know generation after generation have led up to this moment. You've got a Hall of Famer as the grandfather, uh, you know, being fantastic. And you've got, okay, maybe not the most successful quarterback in the league in Craig Cup, but Cooper Cup, the future Hall of Famer at wide receiver, living up to his name as a NFL player of high quality. So that is my stat for the for this episode. Oh, there you are. That's, a, that's a very good stat. I like that one indeed. It's it's always great when you hear about family ties going through the through the NFL. Um, trying to think of some some other notable ones over the. I mean, years. as a Broncos, as a Bronco, I think after last year of the emergence of certain cornerbacks, I think we could um, we could see that you know that that would be one of your more favored stats. I think, and I think one of the most success stories. Of last year was the Broncos picks in the draft. I would say. Oh yeah, uh, the Broncos Broncos draft last year was outstanding. For you know, I'll give George Payton his due. Picking Javante Williams in the second round was inspired, and I was furious when he took Pat Sertan with the ninth overall pick because I was convinced, as were a lot of Broncos fans, that Justin Fields was going to be the guy. Uh-huh. But, uh I don't I don't know. You could have put anyone behind that Broncos offensive line, they'd have been terrible. So Pat Sertan turned out to be our best cornerback. So, you know, fair play. And we had some good cornerback play. It wasn't solid. We had too many injuries through the season, but uh Bryce Callahan was absolutely solid and he got injured. Um Kyle Fuller did not turn out to be the guy we hoped he would be. Ronald Darby was okay but Pat Sartan was just absolutely fantastic he had, he had a few interceptions five interceptions I think he also had a pick six he was he was great and I think he will be great for many years to come for the Broncos so yeah um, and of course his his, his father played as well um, so I uh, t- come into my random stat and um, we're gonna I'm gonna I'll start it with a question which of you guys can name well since the merger which team do you reckon which franchise i should say do you think has had the most rushing yards in a game which team rushing yards in a game since the merger since the merger oh um if you had to guess which franchise i had to guess mainly just because of the offensive line i would go with washington washington okay uh dave uh I'd, ooh, I'm trying to think of teams that have been successful, maybe not necessarily with star, star quarterbacks. Um, I don't know if I think it. Don't, yes, don't, that, yeah. that's it. Probably don't, exactly. That's yeah. probably exactly what they. I'll, I'll, don't you know, just, I'll just pop, pop, block, go for the Bears. Go for the Bears. Okay, well, uh, the actual answer, and I was shocked when I found this out, was actually the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals hold the record for the most rushing yards in a single game since the merger when on October 22nd, 2000, against my beloved Denver Broncos, uh, which is, I'm just like, oh, gutted, absolutely gutted, they managed to rush for 407 yards 
Wow. Now, so how many players did actually get three figures? Uh, I'll I'll be able to to tell you that exactly mm. because if we go to the the player stats for the Cincinnati Bengals, rushing was Cody Dillon with twenty two attempts for two hundred and seventy eight yards. Yes. Peter Warwick three attempts for ninety yards. And a touchdown. Uh, Cody Dillon had two touchdowns. Brandon Bennett, seven attempts, 19 yards and a touchdown. Akili Smith, remember him? <laughs> the quarterback, three attempts for 12 yards. And Scott Mitchell, remember him? The quarterback, with two attempts for eight yards. So they brought, the team rushed 37 times for 407 yards, 11 yards per carry, four touchdowns. Now they won the game... 31-21. But that's not actually my favourite stat of this game. My favourite stat is that the Cincinnati Bengals in that game, where they rushed for 407 yards on 37 attempts, had a total yardage of 421. <laughs> because the not Metro, Cincinnati- ladies and gentlemen. The Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> with, uh, with two quarterbacks in the game, combined to go two of 14 for 14 yards passing. I and just hope that there was 90 to 100 mile per hour wins that day. Uh, Achilles Smith uh, was two of nine for 34 yards. Uh, Scott Mitchell was zero of five for zero yards, but they were both sacked once and uh, so netted. 14 yards uh he had minus 20 yards in sacks so i think that that might be my my favorite i'd done this a couple of weeks ago talking about the buffalo bills over the course of a season rushing Mm -hmm. for 3,000 yards but only only throwing for 900 but the fact that the bengals rushed for 407 yards and passed for 14 and they won the game 31 21 against the Denver Broncos, uh, who in that game, we had Brian Greasy as quarterback back then, threw for 365 yards uh, and two touchdowns. And Mike Anderson rushed 19 times for 92 yards. Ed McCaffrey had 10 10 receptions for 136 yards. Rod Smith had seven receptions for 110 yards. And the Broncos lost the game, but possibly because they fumbled three times and uh, they just could not stop the Bengals from running the ball. The, the Bengals did not even attempt to pass very often. 14 attempts for 14 yards. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my random stat with the old Cincinnati Bengals uh, running all over the Broncos. So Might need a drink after that. Uh, yes, indeed. The, the Bengals at the time were, uh, I believe they were one and six and the Broncos were four and four. So um, it, it wasn't it wasn't very good. Throw back um, to this season when the Broncos were, what, what was it, five and oh, what, what were you, five and one, six and one at one point? Oh, no, 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 no. We started off three and oh and then we went to three and three. Three and oh, yeah. Because I remember you messaged me uh, the day after saying you were going like 16 and one or, so, or 15 and two, something along those lines. And I thought, yeah... We'll see. I may we'll have see. I may have said seventeen and zero, and then after we went three and one, it was like sixteen and one, and then fifteen and two. Aggressively you know, worse. Just, just, you know, you've you've got to, you've got to have faith in your team. Anyway, we we are going to have to wrap it up soon, guys. We're running out of time here. So, um, is there anything that anyone uh, wants to talk about before we wrap this up? There's just a few things from the news. Obviously, with Brady leaving, 
uh, or retiring. Uh, the Pro Bowl guard, Ali Marpet, I believe, um, is retiring at the tender age of 28, but with a lot of money in the bank and hopefully a, a healthy, so I can't blame him at all. Absolutely not. And then the only other thing I thought was interesting, I mentioned with my stat about Matt Nagy going to uh, Kansas City as a senior assistant and quarterback coach. I can't remember a year where two head coaches the next year are relegated to such random positions because Brian Flores has gone to the Steelers, um, senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. Senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. So it's not even like assistant defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's, so a, it's, it's I've, I've never seen two head coaches get basically demoted. So like normally it's either they take a few years off and come back or they go to offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, but he's gone to assistants, basically gone to basically... Um, uh, I mean, it's great for the Steelers getting someone like Flores on that um, staff, and I mean, it's classic, um, you know, classy Steelers that they, they're always uh, do the right thing. And Matt Nagy going back to where he's comfortable in uh, Kansas City, and like you said, uh, you know, you could pay me to to coach uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think I'd do just fine. I think you do a fantastic job, Jake, and I and I'd uh, love to see that someday. <laughs> That's the dream. Dave, anything to add, mate? Uh. More just I'm um, really looking forward to uh, the the fixtures and the rumors coming up for the the international series. I think um, well we we've got, well the Jaguars Jaguars seem to be the team that uh, people forget. They you know they they are if there is ever going to be a London franchise, they are the most likely team. I think their owner hasn't really been overly shy about saying that he wouldn't mind moving to London. Um, I'm I'm interested to see if the Jaguars can actually pick up with Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, I I don't uh, unless they can really work some magic in free agency and with the draft. Uh, I I can't see them being very successful this year. I'm afraid, but you know I I think Trevor Lawrence could. He, he had a harsh introduction last year. I think it was it's something that um we can all see. But I think if we get if, well I say we if they if the Jaguars get some tackles in two tackles that are rock solid, particularly on his blind side, I think maybe have a, a little look out for the Jag, for the Jags next year. Absolutely. I think if he gets any kind of uh, half-decent offensive line play and some decent play calling, uh, if he turns out to be 75% of what everyone thought he was coming out of college, then he's going to have a long and very successful career ahead of him. I think it was week 18 and, you know, last game of the season and not much in it, but I'm pretty sure he ended the season pretty well. So I'll hope to take that kind of momentum going forward, I think. Yes, indeed. And uh, speaking of going forward, we're going to leave it there. Uh, obviously, when we come back with you next time, we're going to have uh, stories from the Combine. We'll keep up with all the latest news from around the NFL. Any um, other hirings and firings and retirings uh, that might be happening uh, through the league. And uh, as always, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me as always. And uh, thanks to you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jeff. We'll catch you on the NFL show.